welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. And today is episode 14. The title of the day's program is The Accountability Blind Spot, moving from holding others accountable to empowering others into self-accountability. So yes, the topic is accountability. It's one I have a lot of passion and even love for. And Craig and I are going to talk about the vital role that self-accountability plays in leadership, effectiveness, trust building, and consistent performance. That really, accountability, specifically self-accountability, is one of those two or three secret sauces for leadership and impactful organizations. We're going to talk about the ways that accountability is perhaps the biggest blind spot in leadership and the ways that this blind spot is holding leaders and organizations back. We're going to talk about how shaming accountability is failing leadership and how we can build a culture of self-accountability that's based on integrity, commitments, choices, and impact awareness. Get ready to be uncomfortable. Accountability, self-accountability isn't uncomfortable, and that's why it works. So prepare yourself to look at accountability differently and accelerate your leadership and your impact. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. Welcome back to the Impact Leadership Podcast. Today, we're talking about accountability. Now, this is one of those topics that so many people kind of cringe when they hear that word because they're used to being beaten up by accountability, but I think there's a better way. And Jeff, this is, this is one of the things that Jeff Nishwitz talks about when he's on stage. He talks about accountability a lot. He works with companies about accountability to drive it into their organization so it actually helps them perform better and create a better culture. So let's jump into that. Jeff, I, I want to know a little bit from your perspective, what is it that kind of gets people riled up about this? Well, to start with, it gets me riled up. And, <laughs> it, but the good news is, and we'll talk about this later, but I want to have this tone at the beginning. This whole focus for me or passion about accountability started when I realized how unaccountable I was in my life in every part of my life, both personally, professionally, even relationally. And it was a harsh reality because I considered myself very accountable. And I've learned a couple of things along the way that everybody thinks they're accountable. And very few of us really are. And, you know, when I, the good news, bad news is the bad news for organizations, the good news for me as a consultant is I know that when I ask a leader of a business, how are you doing with accountability? Over the last 15 years, the best answer I've ever gotten is, you know, we could do better. That's the best <laughs> well, at least the, at least they recognize that. Well, they do. But the problem is, and we'll talk more about it, they're, they're, they tend to come back and say, I say, so what's your issue? And they say, well, we, we need to do a better job of holding our people accountable. And that's where I know 
there's an opportunity to create some real change because I know that that's a lie. The lie is that we think the answer is to hold people accountable better or more often or more consistently. But the real answer is to build what I call a culture of self-accountability that Mm. starts with leadership. Because when we are accountable, man, it it addresses so many issues in our organization. You know, it it gets to the the point of execution. Most companies don't do well at consistent execution. Accountability is the answer. We want to build more teamwork and trust. Accountability is a key part of the answer because when people do what they say they're going to do, when they say they'll do it, that builds trust. And when they don't, it destroys trust. And that's one of the cores that run, sort of the river that runs through accountability is it's about building and breaking trust. But Jeff, it's, it's difficult sometimes to hold somebody accountable because then it's like, okay, you are not doing what you're saying you're going to do. We have to actually confront somebody that's not conforming to what they say they're going to do. If, if they commit to doing something and they're not doing it, how do we effectively hold somebody accountable? I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. Well, we're going to, but you already, you had a little cheat in there, Craig, and you didn't know it. <laughs> because you, used the, you said when people commit, and the problem is people oh, aren't committing. Gotcha. One thing we're going to talk about is how important it is to shift the thinking about commitments because we live in such a, an unaccountable system, even in our communication. And as you pointed out, when someone says we need to do a better job of holding our people accountable, people accountable. I say, no, no, you don't. Because if you're holding your people accountable, you're doing their job. (laughs) You know, if you talk to managers and say, how much time do you spend making sure that your people do what they say they're going to do? They say constantly. And I say, well, that's the problem. Well, I, I need to fire them. Maybe not. Maybe you need to do a better job of, first of all, modeling accountability. And second of all, setting up a system of communication and clear commitments that feed into self-accountability. Wow. So that's a, that's a very different way of looking at it because usually we're thinking accountability has to be external, that we need to impose it on other people. But I, what you're saying is we really need to have each person develop the, their own personal accountability. Absolutely. Because account, here's the thing. Accountability is an inside job because accountability <laughs> is done right It's a matter of integrity. We'll talk more about integrity. And when you set it up as a matter of integrity, what I know is most people want to be in in integrity. Their integrity matters to them, but they don't see accountability as integrity because they never made any promises. We have this loose language. It's unstructured language. It's wishy-washy. And I will tell you this, no surprise, When I go and talk to teams, they'll say things like, you know, everyone tells me I have to be more accountable and the most unaccountable person here is my boss. (laughs) Yeah. There's a massive blind spot here. Massive. It may be, it may be one of the biggest blind spots in leadership is around accountability. Well, I know that you've said many times when you're speaking you're, you're talking about the cultural changes and things that need to happen within a business and the people that you've talked to, maybe it's an HR group. And so this HR leader comes up to you and says, well, Jeff, you know, this is great, but it's the leader that needs to work on this. And so how do you actually bring out 
that leader and say, hey, you know what? <laughs> you're, you're part of the problem here. We need to fix you before we fix the rest of the company. Well, that's where my work is the most challenging and most rewarding because often I'm the one that's brought from the outside many times by that leader mm. who wants me to help them make their team better. And I'm the one that I believe that's my responsibility and my opportunity to sit down and have the challenging conversation to look them right in the eye and say, you're not accountable. And let me show you where, and let me show you how it's having an impact on your team and your people and your organization. And I always go to impact and we'll talk yep. more about that. I want them this, I'm going to offer to them a perspective around impact. If they're not willing to change, there's a bigger issue right there. So it's about me just having that direct conversation. I'll tell you, I remember one time very viscerally, I went into an organization. I was doing a session on accountability with let's call it 15 of their senior leaders, including the CEO president. And I started talking about accountability and I'm just watching him and his eyes are rolling. <laughs> and I think, yep, okay, here we go. And he stops me and says, you know what? I don't think we need to talk about this very much. <laughs> we are an incredibly accountable organization. And as he goes on, I'm watching the room and now they're rolling their eyes. <laughs> and so now I know, I know what's going on now. And later I asked, when the CEO had left, I asked the group one-on-one. -on -one, I said, look, I saw you reacting. What's going on? They said, are you kidding me? We are not accountable here. No one does what they say they're going to do. And he's the worst offender. And this gets into one of the, miss of accountability and the it is a blind spot but what it also highlights i'll just mention now is too often people think that meeting deadlines external deadlines means you're an accountable organization ah. and that's the myth because there's a lot of organizations that are driven by external deadlines for example accountants you have irs deadlines so they'll say you know what we never miss a deadline they probably don't therefore we're accountable or law firms, they have things that have to be filed by a certain date. Organizations that have to submit bids in order to get opportunities on contracts, they have a deadline. They say, we never miss a deadline. That doesn't make you accountable. It means that you're able to hit deadlines. But when you dig in to say, so what goes on behind the scenes? And they say, oh, it's utter chaos. <laughs> We're scrambling. It's always last minute. We're not well prepared. We're constantly trying to catch up because people aren't doing what they said they're going to do on a consistent right. basis. That's all accountability is, but it's not. That's happening. interesting. So I think there's, there's an interesting application I was just thinking about here and we're, we're in the midst of the pandemic. It's you know middle of May when we're recording this. And one of the things that I, I look at is as we've talked about in some of our webinars on the you know, viral leadership and so forth, when we're looking at, why people aren't allowing people to work at home or they're cautious about that or, you know, really didn't want to do that from the outset. A lot of that probably came down to the issue of accountability and whether they could trust people to actually get something done. And I know you and I've had some very interesting discussions on this, but what's your take on how that has changed in the way that we look at things from the pandemic versus what it was before? 
Well, exactly. And remember what I said earlier, trust is the river that runs through accountability because yeah. trust is built when you have people who are accountable, it builds trust. When people are not accountable, it breaks and often destroys trust. And so a lot of the trust issues with having people work remote was just that. Will they work all day? It's interesting, though. A lot of the distrust I've heard is, I'm not sure they'll put in a full day's work. (laughs) First of all, I think that's a misguided approach. The question is, are they going to accomplish their objectives? That's what we ought to be measuring people on, not how many hours they work. You know, too many organizations, they say they're a sophisticated, value-added organization, but they focus on time, not productivity, not objectives, not adding value. So when you look at people working remotely, I think what's going on is if I'm not there to watch them, they're not going to work all day and they're not going to get things done on time. But the reality is when we do accountability well and we focus on self-accountability, we're going to get the outcomes we want and we'll get them without all the other baggage that old school accountability has. So this sounds like a panacea that, that if you get accountability right, that solves a lot of issues within organizations because, you know, we talk about leaders say, wow, you know, this leadership thing would be so great if it wasn't for the people. I think it is a secret sauce. I think accountability is one of maybe two or three secret sauces for leadership, for teams, for organizations, and even personally, because if you think about in your personal life, the people that you have trust issues with, it's often not people who lie. It's Hmm. really with people who don't come through. The people who say they're going to do something or be somewhere or they're not, they're not on time. Because here's one of the things about accountability. Yeah. When I do what I say I'm going to do, I'm saying I'm trustworthy. Good point. Through my actions. I'm saying to you, I'm communicating I am trustworthy. But when I don't, I'm specific. It's like I'm taking a megaphone and saying, I'm not trustworthy. (laughs) Don't count on me. But part of the difficult message here is, which is why people don't talk about accountability really is we want to believe we are so accountable because when we realize we're not, as I said at the beginning, that was a smack in the face to me when I realized how really unaccountable I was. And I had a persona or a vision of myself as ultra accountable. And I will tell you, most people I meet say exactly that. I'm incredibly accountable. And the truth is they're not because you go to the people around them and they're saying they are not stepping up. They are not honoring their commitments. They don't do what they say they're going to do. And here's the big one. I can't count on them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess what it comes back to is when, when we look at what accountability offers then, you get a lot more teamwork. We have people who are creating commitments, definitely the trust that you're talking about. And what are some of the other things that you would say come out of that? Well, if you really want to create value in your organization and get away from being, how much time did you work? It's about making commitments and honoring them. So when we are accountable, we create more value. We're more effective, more efficient, more productive. We Hmm. are more consistent in achieving our objectives. And that line right there. So you think about, boil all this down to two lines. If you have an accountable organization, you have high trust, and you consistently achieve your objectives on schedule. 
Talk about secret sauce. Wow. That's, that really does sound like what every leader wants to create. They want to create that kind of organization. And what it takes then is really stepping up to the plate and saying, okay, I'm going to be accountable first and foremost. And then I can hold other people accountable because I can't hold other people accountable and have them feel like this is, this is right if I'm not. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm trying to hold, well, let's, take, let's work on the language. If I'm inviting my entire team to be self-accountable and I'm not, they're never going to buy in and they're not going to trust me. They're going to say, oh, this is one of the things you want me to do, but you're not doing it. And another thing leaders do in this, we say we want to empower our people, but we disempower them around accountability because what we do is we say, I'm going to hold you more accountable. That's disempowering. Yeah. The act of holding someone else or attempt to hold them accountable is actually mm. disempowering. Wow. And when we say we want to empower them, and at the same time, here's how we did further disempower them. I say, you know what? Craig doesn't really, I can't count on him. So I'm going to check in with him constantly. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Well, now I'm doing your job. Now I resent you. Now I'm constantly reminded how much I don't trust you. And I created a working environment that says, I don't trust you and I'm not even going to empower you to change it. I'm going to make you change somehow. No wonder we're exhausted and not getting any better. We've got a flawed model of accountability. It's fundamentally flawed. And the solution is self-accountability, which creates this secret sauce impact. Wow. Wow. So I think what's coming up for me right now is that I know that I haven't been self-accountable on some of the things that we've talked about in building Cartavera. And so as I look at that, I say, how, how can I improve in that area? Because I want to be trustworthy to you. I want to be, you know, that person that you know you can depend on. How can I improve my accountability? Well, the first part is understanding what it's about. Okay. And as we've started doing, you and I, we've used this language more recently is to focus on what are the commitments. We all have old muscles and the muscles, <laughs> the muscles of being held accountable are, I'm going to say something that I'll do it. I won't make a commitment though. I'll say, Hey, I'll get that done or I'll get to it. I might put a timeline on. I generally don't. Because as soon as I put a timeline, oh, I'm more accountable. I'm going to avoid that timeline. <laughs> I'll get to it next week. I'll get it done by the weekend. Whatever. It's really general. Oh, this is hidden home. <laughs> right. I'm going to keep it as general as possible because the more specific it is, the more accountable I am. Right. And I, and I start losing my excuses, but we have a culture of excuses. And it goes like this. You know, we have this classic scenario with accountability. Hey, Craig. Did you get this done? No. And then I asked this question. This is the classic current accountability question. Why didn't you get it done? That is the worst question on the planet. <laughs> excuse, excuse, excuse. excuse, excuse. Exactly. <laughs> Did you notice that? That question is, you might as well, that question might as well say, I, you didn't get done what you said you're going to do. Please give me the list of all the possible excuses. <laughs> Dog ate the homework. <laughs> because that's what that question invites. Why didn't you get it done? I ran out of time. The dog ate the homework. How about this one? Something else came up. Oh, yes. Oh, darn. Oh. It was a client issue. You know, the client came up, so I, I couldn't get my sales, sales uh, numbers up. 
And here's the big one. Something <laughs> unexpected happened. Yes. Now that's okay. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so if uh, something unexpected gets in the way of a commitment, does that mean that we need to allow for flex in our commitments? Absolutely. Because we set ourselves up constantly. There's a couple of elements to that. One is, and I, I've fell on this in the middle of a workshop once and, hit me, and I <laughs> asked the painful. audience, I said, how many of you have gone through the last week and had a, a day, a single day where nothing unexpected happened? <laughs> and they all laugh. They go, well, and I said, so it happens every day. And they're all nodding. Yeah, every day. I said, so here's the reality. We don't have unexpected. We have unknown. So we know the unexpected is going to happen. We don't know how much time it's going to take because that is unknown and we don't know what it's going to be, but we know the unexpected is coming, but we never allow for it. We don't allow for it in our day and we don't allow for it in our so-called commitments because we believe that the best answer to give a boss is sure. Yeah, yeah I'll, get I'll get it done. I'll, I'll get it done tomorrow. I'll get it done tomorrow. I got it. Can you get this done? Sure. Got it. Because we <laughs> falsely believe, and this is where leadership is important, because if leaders really, in fact, this is so funny, Craig, <laughs> I have said to leaders and managers this exact thing. So do you really want your people to make promises to you that they know they can't meet? <laughs> because that's what's happening. They have, number one, they haven't even considered what else is going on. Yeah. in their life, in their day, in their week, in their schedule, in their priorities, when they say yes, I've had leaders look at me and say, uh, yeah, I do. I say, well, how wow. is that serving you in the organization? Because yeah, seriously, that's the ego thing. I want to be right. told yes. To me, great leadership is the one who says, let's instead have a conversation. So let me blow your mind right now. Jump, I'm jumping ahead, <laughs> but let me blow your mind with a shift. Instead of a leader or a manager telling someone what to do and when to do it, they approach it and say, look, I've got a need. Let's have a conversation about when you can commit to have that to me. Oh, we're going to have a conversation and we're going to talk. We already brought commitments into, I want to bring commitments into every dot, every conversation. Wow. So now we're going to talk about it. And here's what I say about commitments. I do it in audiences all the time. If someone comes to you and says, I need you to do something, how much attention do you pay? I said, well, I'm, I'm paying attention. Then how does it change if I come up to you and say, I want to talk to you about making a commitment to me? Mm. They all say, oof. Level of attention just went up. My attention went way up. Well, why? I said, well, because you're about to ask me to commit to something. That's said, a promise. Exactly. I'm making a promise to you, person to person. That's yeah. what makes it a matter of integrity. Wow. Okay. Because now I have made a, Jeff Nishwitz has made a promise to Craig Matthews as a human being to do something by a certain time. And if I don't take that seriously, then I'm not the right person in this company. Mm. But I believe wow. most people want to be in integrity. Yeah. The, the two reasons they're not is because first of all, they don't realize they're out of integrity. And the yeah. system is set up that they're not really out of integrity because they really didn't make a promise. They, we did this loose language. And that's why one of the things I talk about accountability is, and, and leaders do not like this. I've got some things I say that leaders hate. 
if they're not willing to see the positive impact they can get from doing it different. And one is that people cannot be accountable for what they are told to do. Hmm. Because they never made a promise. They can be responsible for it. This is why it's important to look at the words and what they mean. They can be responsible because they said, I'm agreeing to be responsible, but I didn't make a commitment to you. So I'm not really out of integrity. Hmm. But leaders like to tell people what to do. (laughs) Leaders think that's what their job is, and it is not their job at all. And it's so weird. I mean, that's, that's flying in the face. Talk about contrarian. <laughs> that's not the leader's on, job. What is the leader's job? The leader is to grow a team and build a team that can achieve the organization's and the team's objectives in a consistent way and add value to their team and to their clients and customers. And the leader's job is to facilitate. Remember our, our interview with David Akers talked yeah. about, he thought the number one trait, the greatest trait of leadership is the ability to facilitate which means get helping to facilitate things getting done and make it easier and make it easier. That's yeah. my role as a leader. And the more yeah. I can get my people engaged in that process, those are the outcomes that I want. It's not about giving orders, but here's the thing. Orders are faster. <laughs> the order yeah. process is faster. Getting a clear commitment takes a little longer. It also takes some vulnerability for me as a leader to say, Craig, I'm willing to have a conversation with you about the commitments I'm asking you to make that might take a little longer in the communication up front instead of saying, Craig, get this done by Friday. Hey, we're going to have a conversation about when you can commit to have it done. And it's a bit of a negotiation. We can talk about what your priorities are, but we are a setup culture. It's a self-setup culture because we, every day, we all say we're going to do things that it's impossible for us to get done. And we know it, but we don't think about it till we're done. And we look back and say, man, there was no way I was going to get those 12 things done yesterday. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that comes into that is when we, when we agree to, doing, to do something, we realize what we're really doing is just adding another thing onto our already busy schedule, the things that we've already committed to. And we're just saying, okay, how am I going to fit this in? I'm expecting that sometime in the future, somehow, I'm going to free up time. We're going to free up space. And I'll get it done. Maybe it's going to be this weekend. And I know I am caught in that trap of, okay, I'm going to get this thing done this weekend. I think I just told you I was going to do that for the website today. Um, So those are the types of things. Okay, well, I don't have time in my week because I'm so busy with all these other things. And I have not thought about the priorities. And so, therefore, you're absolutely right. When we get into that conversation, we can say, okay, these are the things you've already asked me to do, and now you're asking me to do one more thing. So, which one is going to drop off of there? What am I going to take out so that I can meet this particular commitment? Because now this is more important than the other things. Well, maybe not. Maybe those other things really are more important, and it's good that you brought that up. So, okay, when you can get this done, great. So, that's a perfect conversation. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartevera. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. 
Welcome back. And we also, the other thing is that's not on the list is all those unexpected that we know will happen. Yeah, right, yeah. And we know they're going to happen. So here's what happens in that dialogue. If we don't get clear in our language around commitments and what it really means and the fact that it is about integrity, and we'll yeah. talk later, maybe even on another podcast about a process that really integrates all of this. But the conversation is I come to you and say, Craig, I need something from you and I need it done by Friday. And by the way, that alone is part of the problem. I need it done by, I need it done by Friday. When is it due? Both of you have different views. You say, absolutely, boss. Why do you say that? Because it feels good to say yes. And you believe that's what good employees do is say yes. Good employees don't tell you yes. Great employees say, let's figure out when this is going to happen so we all know and we can all count on it. So I say yes, yes, the boss, you say yes, the boss says awesome. And then you go out and you don't get it done until the following Wednesday. Or the expectations of what is actually being done, for example, a first draft versus a final draft. It takes more time on the front end if we're doing accountability well, but we get yeah. the win on the back end because things actually get done on schedule as committed and they're more consistent achievement of objectives. So okay. the front end investment is a little longer by a few minutes, but there's a vulnerability in that that actually I hadn't thought about before today. For a leader to say, I'm willing to talk to you as my team member about this commitment, there's a vulnerability saying it's not my way or the highway. Mm. You don't have yeah. to agree. And here's the truth. If I come to you with a directive, yeah. okay, I need you to do this by Friday. I've now put the onus on you to push back if you're not sure you can do that. Mm. I would love to have you be able to do that, but that takes a high level of trust. You have to forget a lot of your history of saying, <laughs> that's not a, don't push back to the boss versus if I am more of a leader, and I mean it, saying it that way, I come to you and say, I've got a need, I've got a project, let's talk about what else is going on in your priorities. Let's talk about it so you can make a clear commitment to me that makes yeah. sense. And if you say, and if I say, hey, it has to be done by four o'clock Friday or the world ends, now we got to figure out, are you the best person to do it? Are you going to move right. some other priorities? How can I support you in that without doing it for you? So think oh about gosh. how communication just changed. Yeah, I think one of the key points that you said there was, what can I do to facilitate that? How can I help in that? And I, I look at, you know, ultimately, if I am manager leader, it is my job to remove the barriers for people to get things done. And oftentimes, leaders aren't looking at it that way. They're not saying, oh, okay, well, I don't care about the barriers. They'll figure this out. But no, it's, it's really us. We need to do the blocking attack. Like if there's a political issue, we need to deal with that for them. If it's an issue of resources, we need to deal with that for them. We need to clear the waste so that they can get their job done with the minimum level of friction. So let's, let's talk about what doesn't work in accountability. Well, I've already hit on a big one. I won't rehash it much is holding others accountable doesn't work. <laughs> it, all it does is just, it makes me responsible for your work. Accountability has become the excuse for abuse. 
I have a friend and we actually, she's coming up in a podcast interview, Amy Sullivan Hicks, to talk about her Monday morning sales meetings that she called time to go get my beating. <laughs> and I am absolutely certain that her manager thought all he was doing was holding his team accountable. You know, right. I often, when I do this live, I, I've done this in, on stages. It's pretty funny. I bring a big bag and I'll reach in and I say, let's talk about accountability. And I reach in the bag and I pull out a baseball bat. And everybody starts laughing, and I say, you know what I'm talking about, right? And all the heads are running up and down because they're saying, yeah, I remember when I got beat with that bat last week. Right. And then I, then I reach in the bag, and I pull out a sword, an actual, like, a six-foot sword. <laughs> now, this one's a little more confusing because they're, they're used to being beaten up, and they're like, what's the sword? And I say, this is where we cut people down. And oh. we call it accountability. I thought you were going to say, this is where we fall on our sword. Well, that would be great self-accountability. <laughs> yeah. And then they start right. going, oh, that, yeah, that happened to me last week. Yeah, I got cut down. Uh, uh, and then, I, then I put up a picture of a person with a bag, uh, like a garb or a lunch bag over their head. And I'll say, <laughs> but the best form of accountability that we know, not in a good way, but the most popular is private and especially public shaming. Uh, and that's where wow. public shaming is. We get everybody in a room. And then what I do is I call you out, Craig. I call you out for not doing what you said you're going to do, even though I'm part of it. I conspired with you to not let it happen in a good way. Now I'm going to tell you how you screwed up, and I'm probably going to be angry at you, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of telling. I'm not going to ask you a single question except that horrible one. Why didn't you get this done? You're going to give me the excuses. I'll get even more <laughs> angry. I'm going to do everything I can to make you feel bad if you don't feel bad enough, I'm going to blame, shame, and yell more. And my hope is that you will perform better in the future because you don't want that to happen again. <laughs> that's a great way to have a crappy day. Oh, my God. And that's <laughs> happening all around the country every day. And yes. the two problems are, the first one is the leaders and managers don't even know that they're doing it. They right. think, I'm just holding my team accountable. Because that's what's been modeled to them. Exactly. That's what was done to them. They go, I'm going to just do the same thing. I'm going to make <laughs> Beatings flow downhill. They <laughs> don't right. realize it doesn't work. They don't realize the impact and trust, the negative. And the they, big thing is they don't realize that they are leading through fear. And if, even if they know it, they're saying, but that's what was done with me. So here's my big takeaway, Craig. I mentioned abuse earlier. There are a lot of abusive managers and leaders, and most of that is happening under the label of holding people accountable. And I have a slide that I put up in workshops that says, what's worse than an abusive manager? And what's worse is an abusive manager who thinks they're just holding people accountable. <laughs> delusional. It's delusional. And, you know, I created this concept called stickless accountability, which will get to either later in this podcast or maybe in a separate podcast. But I came up with that because I was thinking about the carrot and stick approach that so many, everybody's familiar with. Yeah. If you think about it and say, and then what I'll say is, look, nobody really likes carrots that much. <laughs> the thing is, we're not horses. We're not horses. And it's usually actually not a horse. It's actually a donkey, which are not known for their intelligence. Right. And the stick, and with the stick, it's like, I'm just trying to figure out who's got the stick and where is it? There's no right. good can come from the stick. And people laugh. And I said, but think about it. Most of our accountability 
processes or what we call accountability are really about the stick. Get it right or I'll beat you up. And what the leaders and managers don't know is they are an integral part of the setup that leads to people not being accountable. When you're talking about the carrot and the stick, I think our managers, our leaders have figured out that we have evolved. Instead of carrots and sticks now, it's gift cards and baseball bats. (laughs) (laughs) Many leaders and managers are not really open to that dialogue. It's an empowering dialogue that allows you and your team member to talk through the commitment you're about to ask them to make. Yeah. And people have said, Jeff, this seems simple. It also seems complicated. I said, it's a little both. It is a little both. But we need to simplify. And I said, the simplest thing we can start with is to shift our conversations towards commitments. That word exactly because of what I said earlier. When people hear the word commitment, they go, whoa. And I ask audiences all the time, tell me where you hear the word commitment regularly. Nowhere. I'm in a committed relationship, which is very significant. It's not used anywhere. It's not common language at work, but that's the shift. And let me give you a really quick example. So I had a client a number of years ago. He happened to operate, they call them operate Chick-fil-A's. And he said, I'm having challenges with my people. They're not following the policy around cell phones. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they're not supposed to have their cell phones out when they're in the work area. And I said, well, have they made a commitment? And he (laughs) said, well, yeah, they signed the employee manual. I said, oh, dude, (laughs) don't let me get started. But as soon as they actually read it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I said, that's a legal document. It's it's in the system for documentation. It is in no way, shape, or form a commitment. I'd love to tell you it is. It's not. He said, so what should I do? What I told him was, gather your team together and ask the team as a whole, but they each need to respond individually. Are you willing to commit to not using your phone in the work area? And each person has to make that commitment or not. And make it clear, just say, if you make the commitment, my expectation is you will do that because you're a person of integrity, because now you've laid the framework of, whoa, this is a big deal. He said, what about someone who won't commit? I said, they just decided they wanted to go. Yeah. Because it's not okay not to honor that commitment. And I said, the difference is if you're trying to hold them accountable, now the conversation is, why aren't you following this policy? Versus, I need to talk to you about you not honoring a commitment you made to me. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there's another piece, another layer in there, and that is maybe explaining why that's so important. So, for example, if, if it's at the Chick-fil-A, when somebody sees you on the phone, that means that you're not ready to serve them. And service is such a big part of the culture at Chick-fil-A that that, that flies in the face of what somebody would expect to see there. And it, it's also a level of complacency you're cheating, Craig. You're always cheating. You just identified one of the layers of the process I use for accountability because that is one of the questions. (laughs) Sorry. Talk about the impact. No, not at all. That's that's what I'm saying. It's about impact because at Chick-fil-A, it's actually two things. One is the service experience and it's more the experience than so-called service. The other is a safety issue. Because there's a lot of things going on in the kitchen area. There's hot food. Good point. All things. And that's a distraction. The phone is a distraction. 
Yeah. So it was important, but it is, we need to have the conversation about why we have things, why we have policies, but the key is to keep coming back to what is the commitment someone's willing to make and to tie it to integrity. Several years ago, I was speaking at a conference and I was on stage with the former COO of Chick-fil-A and he was there to be the man to serve and, and build the vision that Kathy had. And he looked at things as, yes, it's absolutely a level of commitment, but there's a commitment that goes both ways. It's a commitment that the, the employees have to operating in a certain fashion, but it's also a commitment of the leadership to serve their people. And I loved the way that they really operate. The culture that they've created there is amazing. So Craig, we talked a lot about accountability and I, I want to talk about a couple things here, you and I, uh, before we wrap up this session. And as we talked about at the beginning, you know, we'll come back for episode two or part two of accountability, where we're going to really talk about what does it look like to engage and create a culture of self-accountability, literally down to the questions you can ask. Mm. You only need three or four questions. We're going to get down into exactly how you do it. But I want to just leave this a couple, leave you with a couple other thoughts today in this session. People have said to me, what does it mean that you, when you have a self-accountable culture, what are the core elements? I said, well, it's pretty simple. You need clear commitments. We've talked a little bit about commitments. We'll talk more next time. It's got to be about really crystal clear commitments. And Here's an example of how we're not clear. I did this for years and I realized it. I had to change the behavior. I had this out in accountability. It went like this. Today is a Friday. If I'm talking to you today, Craig, and we're having a conversation about work and I'll say, hey, seems like I should, it's appropriate to send you a proposal. You say, absolutely. And I'll say, when do you need it? And you'll generally say, I don't know. Next week sometime would be good. And I'll say, I'll get it to you early next week. I realized that was really intentional because sure. now I've got an out. When is it due if I say early next week? By Tuesday evening. Good answer. I've heard people say Monday. Some people have said Wednesday morning. I said, well, the way I looked at it, maybe midday on Wednesday is still. The <laughs> And then I can go into this, but you know what? If I don't really get it to him till Wednesday night, is it really a difference? Oh, yeah. So I set this up so I wouldn't be accountable. And we'll talk right. more about how we avoid being accountable next time. So the way I started to change it was I made clear commitments to unusual times. I would say, oh. I will get it to you by 3 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday. Not end of day not first thing in the morning, a specific time. And it was kind of an unusual time because it wasn't morning or end of day. And that became, because now I've told you a clear line. And if I miss that, I'm not out of account with you. I'm out of integrity with you. Yeah. So clear commitments. Second element is we empower the team with choices. The key in accountability is to help our team members and ourselves understand that the reason we get out of account is the choices we make. The world doesn't happen to us. It is about full 100% responsibility and ownership of the outcome of whether we honor that commitment or not. And we'll talk more next time about the reality that we get, we have conflicting commitments. If we don't have conflicting commitments in our life, we're probably not committed enough. And what do we do with that? How do we stay in integrity through communication? 
Another element is we use questions, not statements. Holding people accountable is about statements, how you screwed up, what you didn't do. Questions are designed to help people, including yourself, figure out how they got in this state, what they can do different next time, because that's the key. The goal of accountability is to get it done right, and if we don't, figure out how to get it right next time (laughs) and not repeat the pattern. Uh, Wait, wait, you mean we can learn in this process? Oh, we've got to learn because it's, we've got some very old behavior to unlearn. The, the fourth element of a self-accountable culture is the focus is on integrity and impact awareness. And that mm-hmm. second part is so critical because what we'll see in the next discussion is when I don't do what I say I'm going to do, the impact, one impact is always the same. People trust me less. Yeah. That's always true when I don't honor my commitments and I've not yet met a person on this planet who says, I don't want people to trust me. That's a ripple effect. When you have an impact, there's, there's other things that happen too. Well, I don't trust you at work and maybe now I don't trust you in this other area or maybe that the impact of you not doing something means that other people can't do their somethings. And now there's a ripple effect of now there's a cascading missing of commitments because of your missing. Well, that's the biggest ripple is we create cultures of unaccountability. It's okay to not do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Because we've got two, generally we have two forms of leaders and managers when it comes to accountability. They're either heavy into holding people accountable, which can often lead to the abuse, you know, the beat downs, the cut downs and the shaming. So they've either doing that or they don't do anything. And the conversations go like this. Hey, Craig, did you get done what you said you're going to do? Yeah, I didn't. Well, what happened? Some other things came up. Yeah, I understand that. You need to do better next time we move on. Nothing changed. There's no reason for you to be accountable now because nobody has to be accountable, including the leader and manager. And a lot of people say, well, isn't that where you need to bring the baseball bat or the sword? No, this is where we bring in supportive accountability, where we use questions, we help people see what happened, exactly what happened that kept them from honoring their commitment, and now we support them in getting better. I call this, this is all about supportive accountability, Hmm. not holding accountability, and certainly not disempowering accountability. Well, this sounds like probably the key to self-managing teams. It is the key. That's where that, you know, that's the secret sauce element. I don't need yeah. to manage my team when we have a self-accountable culture. What I need to do but, is help my team grow, yeah. which is different than managing them. One of the reasons I, I actually went to business school was because I read an article in Fast Company about a Durham-based organization. It's, it was the jet aircraft engine plant for General Electric. And they had a self-managing team and the person who was running that had gone to the same business school I went to. And I was just floored by the outcomes of what they said happened in, in a typical jet aircraft engine plant for GE and other places, they would have maybe 120 different issues with every engine that was built. And in this place, they had maybe four 
on average. And those four were things like scratches and that it got done more effectively, more efficiently and better quality because of the self-managed teams versus this, this hierarchical structure really made me say, wow, there's a better way. And to understand now that the, the real core to that is that self-accountability, really interesting. Yeah, I've said it, I said it earlier in this discussion, Craig. I believe that accountability and building a culture of self-accountability, starting with the leader, is one of the one or two secret sauces yeah. that trans, you talk about transformation of a business, of a team, of their outcome, of their productivity, of their trust level, of their mm-hmm. engagement, of their empowerment level. We all yeah. say we want an empowered and engaged team, but the ac- way we approach accountability is almost always disempowering and disengaging. So that's one of the big levers. So if we look at in, in business or, you know, I forget who it was that said it, but if you give me a lever long enough and, uh, and a folk, fulcrum, I can move the world. You know, and in the same way, you just say, hey, we can transform a business with this lever. There are other levers we'll talk about, but this lever of accountability is huge. And I never thought of it that way, and I agree with you completely. Accountability is one of the core levers for transforming leadership, business, outcomes, and impact. So now we should have that on the dashboard. You know, if we have a business dashboard, there should be this little lever. Okay, I want to increase accountability, or maybe we have the measurement right next to it. You know, so is it a thermostat or is it a, um, or is it a thermometer? <laughs> well, we'll talk about dashboards a little bit next time. And sometimes it's formal dashboards. And a lot of times it's an informal dashboard. And here's a little teaser. We'll talk about something called a covert contract. Uh-oh. That sounds interesting. It does sound interesting. <laughs> this is the, it is the way, without giving it all away, it is the way that leaders and managers or anyone who's engaged in accountability conversations creates a scenario that the outcome is virtual no, virtually no accountability hmm. and they don't know they're doing it. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stay tuned for next time <laughs> for that next yeah, episode. Lots of cool stuff next time. We will talk yeah. a little more about some accountability blind spots. We will talk about the nuts and bolts of actually changing your culture around accountability, including literally give you the questions to use in the accountability process, this supportive accountability. Hmm not a long list. We're going to simplify it and it's going to, it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of you. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. <laughs> because that's what change is about. And yeah. accountability is uncomfortable. In fact, it's supposed to be. The yeah. problem is we think account of the discomfort of accountability is when I'm getting beat up for not doing yeah. what I said I was going to do. Right. No, the discomfort comes when I'm in the process of making a commitment hmm. that is now a personal promise that I have made to you or to the team. I've made it publicly. I've publicly proclaimed a promise. And here's the magic that I'll end with. When people make personal commitments, they will do whatever it takes to honor that commitment. Yeah. And that's what we want from our people. And when you have someone on your team who won't do whatever it takes to honor that commitment, they just revealed themselves as someone whose integrity doesn't matter. Wow. 
Okay. So, so stay tuned for next time. We're going to go into exactly how to create this culture of self-accountability. The few things that get in the way of that beyond what we've shared today, I'm excited and looking forward to coming back and sharing more about something that clearly, as you can tell, gets me amped <laughs> up about leadership. And that's accountability. Absolutely. Well, I think it's also interesting that we, we are bookended in this episode with two people from the same company, from Centric Consulting. And in the last episode, we were talking with Joe Smutsny. And in the next episode, we're going to be talking with Larry English, the founder of the company, and how they really look at the accountability in that organization as well. But they really have built a fantastic culture. And I'm sure Jeff will talk about that more. But hey, stay tuned for Larry English. And if you haven't already listened to Joe's interview, that was a really good one. There, there was like, we, we had this mind blowing moment in that episode. So go listen to that one if you haven't already. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.